Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zeal. This is a podcast where we'll be talking with radical followers of Jesus about how they got to know God and who they know God to be now and kind of what life is looking like for them. Um, I'm here with John and Karina, and um, I consider them radical followers of Jesus. We're going to hear more about their story. But they it's funny, I've talked to a few people, and most people are, uh, you know, when I've asked if I can interview them, they say, am I a radical follower of Jesus? I don't feel like one. So I don't know. We might have to come up with a new definition of the word radical maybe. But <laughs> John and Karina have been married for 18 years. They live in West Toronto and I do as well. And we've been friends for about the last two and a half years. Let's pick this up in the year 2000, which is the year you guys got married. And maybe there's a little bit of lead up to that. But at that point, you guys were in your mid twenties and then you moved into a, a Toronto neighborhood called Clement. Yeah, I mean, there was some time in between there, you know, that we, there's a big gap in there. But we moved probably seven or eight times in the first, I think we moved nine times in our first eight years of marriage. And then we, before we got to that place. Okay. So we'd gotten used to, like, I think more from Karina's background, um, the concept of moving into a place that wasn't like a lovely picket fence type of place was something that she was actually... Karina's probably more comfortable with that than I was. So almost everywhere we lived was in a neighborhood that we probably wouldn't have selected for ourselves or most people wouldn't have selected for themselves. Um, But it just turned out that way. And so we learned a lot about just living, you know, the the buzzwords, living incarnationally, if you will. So Clement was one of the final ones, actually. Okay. uh, More recent ones for that. God, like, just is so gracious and so gentle and kind of brought us through a whole to a whole understanding of um, starting to love the neighbors that are around us and living with them, not just beside them. And mm-hmm. maybe John wants to speak a little bit more about that. But, you know, there, just when we moved in, this little boy down the hall just like kept pestering us. He was really excited that we moved in. He didn't even know our names for probably months, but he just called us 21 and he'd ask his mom, can I go to 21? And we'd hear this knock on the door. And, you know, through him, God just opened a relationship with that family. They're pretty you know, notorious, but also very welcoming. And we take our families and join their parties and, you know, mm-hmm. not kind of know exactly <laughs> what we were doing. But, you know, we ended up becoming a part of that neighborhood and people knew us and, uh, you know, kids in our backyard, us in, in their homes. And um, there was something very life-giving about yep. that. So that was pretty cool. Yep. got into the mess of their lives and they honestly got into the mess of ours as well. So. Mm. And John, you were a teacher straight through basically all of this. And Karina, you were an occupational therapist. Mm-hmm. Then you moved to a neighborhood called Tandridge, which is also in Toronto. And what was the the mindset behind that? What were you hoping for there? Well, just in our last months in Clement, uh, we were privileged actually to just get to know a couple of our neighbors who were going through a really tough time. Um, both of these young men had uh, were diagnosed with schizophrenia, and um, and their lives started falling apart. They had already lost their mom to suicide, and then their dad was dying of cancer. So we got to walk through that with them, uh, but learned along the way that it was much better to do that in community than alone. Um, and there were just a really spectacular couple, Jesse and Lisa, who would just show up at our house at really ideal times, who'd come alongside us and kind of help us put the brakes on some of our irrational, like, 
<laughs> way over the top decisions and just be with us during that time because it got a little hectic and, and we had to make some really hard decisions. And, um, and so it was after that that we just realized, hey, it's awesome to live incarnationally, but we need to do it in community and demonstrate what the community is like. And yeah. um, so, so that was the next big uh, learning that we did. And so we bought a home with this other couple and, um, and started to just be involved in more things um, together and with the support of one another. Um, and made a ton of mistakes along the way. Um, but um, yeah, we're probably looking back more learning through the mistakes, um, but also experienced a lot of blessing through that. So that was, that was yeah. where we ended up living the longest for almost 10 years um, during that time and a lot happened. Cool. And part of a little Baptist church along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And our church yeah. family, our spiritual family was, was really, yeah, key yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And then in that process from just hearing, talking to you guys over the last couple of years, you started, it seemed to learn more specifically about, you know, what Jesus calls his people to do and try to find ways to do that. Maybe just a quick step back in moving to Tanridge. We continued relationships with some of those people. Um, and and then I would say we just had story, if you're going to you know sum it up, story after story of people who we got involved in their lives into the, the mess and just watched those people become more and more destructive. And in our attempt to love them and share Jesus with them and, and help stuff, we just saw that we were powerless to change them. You know, like our our best efforts didn't really work, you know? So it was really a, a hard thing to deal with. Uh, and, but I think that, that in that, that drove us towards God to, to, to realize, okay, we are, can't do this. So what are we missing? What's wrong here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned you were getting kind of burned out in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, burned out at work, just in my job, which is also a similar kind of thing. Uh, it was very demanding. And then in our yeah, in our neighborhood, and then these people from our old neighborhood, and then the new one, and uh, just constantly situations where, yeah, we're just feeling like, Lord, there's like, this can't be, this isn't the free life that, uh, that is described in the Bible, where, you know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And it's like, I feel it's heavy, you know, mm. it's heavy, and it's, yeah. I, we see other people's destruction happening, and it feels like we're, it's, we're sort of sharing in that destruction by just being kind of enmeshed with them. Um. That part that when it happened in Tandridge was very much about, hey, we're in people's lives. We're loving them, you know, Um, we're we're a lot more vulnerable, you know, um, to them. And yet, like, we're not seeing life transformation in the way that we, you know, we had hoped. So it's got to be about more than just loving people and meeting their needs, right? And that was, it was during that time where there were two big, you know, things. One was like, God, Jesus calls us to make disciples, you know? And um, and so in every aspect of our lives, just focusing on that mission and that commission to make disciples and that he'll be with us, you know, and, and flex fleshing that out and then the second one was and we can't do it without the work of the holy spirit you Mm -hmm. know we need to be empowered by the holy spirit in order to do that 
that needs to come from an intimacy with God where he knows us. He already knows us completely, but we're coming to a complete, more complete knowledge of him by remaining in him, by waiting on him, by, you know, communing with the Holy Spirit, um, by realizing that he's speaking to us and we're hearing his voice just like Jesus did, right? So that we're not, we were talking about that, that this morning, or we're praying through that this morning, just like we're not just doing what Jesus did, but how he did it which was in total communion with the Father. Hmm. And the, the, what he gave us to allow us to do that was the Holy Spirit. John took a year leave of absence um, at that point. He'd been working in his job uh, about eight years and, and just, um, you know, God miraculously provided for us during that year. He took an unpaid leave and um, just did a lot, of, a lot of searching and seeking God. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit more yeah so at that point i was on the elders board of the church and i've been given the task of of writing up a plan for discipleship so i didn't really know what that meant <laughs> but but i i was like okay well you know I'll, I'll figure that out so i interviewed people i read a lot of books on the subject and um and then one thing led to another and this missionary guy that karina had met at a it's called the perspectives on world mission course at a church nearby and he gave me this book by a guy named neil cole which was called Search and Rescue. Uh, and that book, something about it, like I've, I've lent that book to people and they're just like, yeah, that's all right, yeah. But for me, it just was, it was mind blowing. I just, something just clicked in me and I realized there was something I need to pay attention to. So I read it, then looked up some of their events online, like when's there some training or something. And it was in Long Beach, so I had to get a plane ticket. and LA. Yeah, and it turned out. <laughs> the I, West Coast. I thought it would get paid for by, by the church at the time. And then some stuff went squirrely and it didn't work out. So I, just, I paid for it myself and I didn't care because I was so changed by the whole thing. So I went to this training met uh, Neil and his friend Phil and had some conversation and that led to a longer um, life but but essentially the heart of that was like making disciples out in the world um, and letting letting uh, the kingdom of God grow wherever it's planted you know whether that be in someone's house or in a coffee shop and it's about it's about making disciples it's not about trying to grow your brand of church or anything like that uh, and that was very freeing for me because I always kind of felt like we, and, and that's part of why we lived the way we did is because we wanted to be just out there in the world. We knew there was something important about that, but we just didn't know how it could possibly relate to to ministry and the the growing of the kingdom of God and, and the, the expansion of the church, Yeah, um, that kind of thing. So that was massive for me. Um, and you went globally a little bit, talking, you know, met some people. Yeah, so then actually one thing led to another, and one of Neil Cole's friends linked me up to a contact in India that I didn't actually know was going to be in India, but again, miraculously, we got some money in the mail, and those that same couple that gave me the book had invited us to India. Turned out only I could go. Um, and then this 3000 bucks was in the mail, and I was like, I don't even know why I'm going to India, but clearly the Lord wants me to go, so I went there. I met some uh, some Indian leaders that were part of uh, some really amazing stuff, and the stories they told me were just just blew my mind. They I, they were things that I always kind of suspected, like yeah, God hasn't given up doing the miraculous, and He hasn't uh, stopped healing people and and delivering people from evil spirits. And I think that was a beginning for me of, of thinking. Uh, and these guys were, were saying this to me as well. They, they were agreeing, yeah, this can happen in Canada. This is not, God's not special in India. It's like, yeah, this can happen in Canada. And I, so I, I brought that back with me as this conviction that um, that, that is a possibility. Um, 
but it's more has to do with the, us as believers and us as the church are actually we're the bottleneck that prevents it you know what i mean it's mm. not it's not that god somehow doesn't know what to do in north america it's like we've uh, we've quenched him in different ways i believe yeah. so i think where that turned us though or god turned us in that moment though in his in his grace is like not towards this massive explosion explosive mission but was to more intimacy with him right and that was like looking back that was really key because in order to do what god says you have to hear him speak and believe that he speaks and then that's his which i didn't get at all (laughs) because when i was in india i heard all these inspiring stories but i still didn't understand i didn't understand that all this was a part of what they were doing and Mm. they didn't really tell me listening to god yeah and i got the same with neil cole like neil cole's book it wasn't explicit in his book that they were being prophetically led by god you know it wasn't it the the trust in the word of god and the scriptures themselves was huge and that was a big step but i didn't Mm. make the connection between oh yeah and we're we're having dreams and visions and we're being led in this way as well. Oh yeah. And that person was healed. Oh yeah. And there were demons in that guy. And like those stories didn't come up initially. I had to tease them out. And then I realized there was a whole aspect of the miraculous and the work of the Holy spirit and the, what we call, you know, we call the charismatic gifts. Like those things were things I just had no context for at all. Um, And then, so that's been the last couple of years or last three or four years been trying to piece all these things together into oh so this is what a disciple of jesus it looks more like this you know we're just starting to feel like we're just starting to experience some of those things more what was your experience in all this karina and how would you sum it all up well the way that like so i i i was kind of witness at times to john's journey he's really curious like asking questions at whatever turn right and um, and that was very different than me. I was more the resistor, and that came out up of that came out of I think looking back, just um, you know I grew up on the mission field. I grew up in very Christian context, and as some people might say it, I had the answers before I had the questions. So so hmm. you know I figured I already knew as much as I needed to know. I I had taught it. Like you know it was really hard for me to come to a place where hey, I was missing something, you know, but then I just saw, you know, I just, every time John would tell me he had a dream and and God was speaking to him through dreams, you know, initially it was like super skeptical, like, okay, that's just a psychological thing going on there. But then seeing that lived out, you know, and his obedience to God speaking him to, like, it it changed my mind, right? Uh, But there was a, there was a, you know, as far as our relationship went, there was a time when, like I was so cynical and critical about the whole thing that John just stopped telling me what he, what his journey was. And then all of a sudden I realized that he'd gone from here to here. He'd learned all this stuff and I wasn't part of it. And that was like actually a really painful moment in time for us. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, I, I had to come to a point where I was like, okay, if God has something more for me, am I going to turn it down? You know, am I going to resist that? You know? if God wants to speak to me more clearly, like, really, do I want to say no to that? And so just like, it was, it was a, I felt like a baby. I felt like a baby Christian all over again. And then, and then I was, you know, in these aspects and that continues to happen is like, I'm, I'm realizing that, yeah, the, the seeking God has to come from inside of me. So, um, 
and, and God, God has been like amazing through that. So, um, just, just moving into that place of freedom, I think for God, John, it's been much more like, let's go. And for me, it's like, wait, what? is that safe? Is that real? You know? And then, um, wanting to be more in control and stuff like that and realizing I don't want to be in control. I want God to be in control. How would you describe where you're at now in all of this? Well, I think that kind of hitting walls, it continues to happen in different ways. Um, and, and we realize that some of the most difficult things that we've gone through is what God's used to teach us then to pass on to others, you know? And so um, our, our season recently has very much been to step away from the way we've always done things, you know, both, um, you know, it started with a a change of housing. Uh, We're so thankful and we've learned so much through that time at Tandridge living in a a communal home. Um, And we've learned uh, through the many blessings and also through the the many mistakes um, that we made during that time. And then then stepping away from... um, the the spiritual family the church family that we'd been part of we were still connected with them we appreciate them and and we we um yeah we are still connected but into um an expression of church that just is um more what multipliable or or reproducible um which is a which is a home church situation um and uh and now like stepping away from work in the way that we have been doing it um, as full-time work, you know, full-time workers and sort of just having more time to put into practice some of the things that we're learning. Um, uh, So next year, it looks like we'll both be working, as far as we know, um, working part-time, but just leaving as much space as we can open to just continue our um, our journey of intimacy with God, um, listening to him, uh, doing what he says in amongst, again, our immediate neighborhood as he um, gives opportunity and as he leads us prayer walking, planting churches. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of the... Mm-hmm. the that is the present. Yeah, that's the present. Hopefully not too many more cans of worms to open. Oh, I think that'll, I think, I think that's been consistent. That'll just continue to happen in, in different ways. Yeah. Uh, the, the hope is that there, the cans of worm, worms will just be, like, there's always going to be mess with people when things happen, but that less and less we will, we'll just poke ourselves into things that we just didn't need to do. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. wasting time. Like I think that already we're in a spot where much less are we just running around doing stuff that God didn't tell us to do. You know, we still do because we're, we're learning to hear. But that's been a very freeing thing because I don't feel like like I used to. I used to be like, oh, just exhausted all the time because of doing this, this, and this. But I'm like, no, I'm okay to say like, yes, Lord. I Okay, I hear you. I'll, I'll go with this. But that's something somebody else is trying to drag me into. It's not, it's not what he did. Right. So we've dropped, you know, a couple of uh, names and books and all that kind of stuff along the way. So you can Google all of those if you're watching this and learn some more stuff. I'm just curious also looking back now, is there any advice you would give to your 20 something year old self, uh, just getting married or coming out of school, working your first jobs, in how to follow Jesus and maybe 
you know, shorten a little bit of the winding path you guys have been on. Is that possible or? You know, in Luke 4, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor, recovery of sight to the blind, freedom to the captive, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And um, so much of our story is in that, you know, like the Holy Spirit is real, you know, Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit. Who are we to not rely on the Holy Spirit? You know, Jesus relied on constant communication with the Father to, in every act, he didn't do anything without knowing that it was the Father's will, right? And so it's not just about what Jesus did, but how he did it. And then, like, freedom. You know, if I had known at 20 to ask, am I doing this freely? Is there, is there a sense of freedom in this? You know, am I living in a way that sets other people free? Or do I want to trap them into, into Christianity, right? right. Um, do I see my role as a discipler as releasing people, releasing the harvest, releasing disciples, you know, in a way that really doesn't keep any credit for myself because they'll be gone, right? But the people in our lives who we don't even have contact anymore that we're just key people along the way through the grace of God, you know, um, and have no idea the impact that's made on us, you know, but God gets the glory in our lives. Like, yeah, just like the word freedom is just a beautiful, mm. a beautiful word. And that's what Jesus came to do. I can just add one quick thing. Very, I think it is very practical that um, really the heart of what all, you know, I got asked to do that discipleship thing. And what I've come back to is very simply discipleship is um, us learning and then teaching others to listen to God and do what he says. That's it. So then um, if that's the case, even if you're somebody you don't know about, oh, I don't know about this Holy Spirit or I don't know about, just start with talking to God. And then what's the first thing that comes to your mind? What's the first thing that you hear? Go with that thing. Don't go with the stuff afterwards because that's the enemy. Um, just like in the in the first story of the Bible, the enemy saying, did God really say that? Did God really say that? You know, you have to start at a place of faith that where that if you ask God something, he gets the first kick at the can and he'll he'll guide you. But then you just have to be willing to release your assumptions and, and everything else and go with that first thing. So I think it's a very, very practical, you know, uh, if you're 20 years old and you don't understand half of half of anything, um, you could start with that. And God does lead people. He is speaking, probably speaking to you now. There's probably things that have even come to your mind that, um, that oh, that's an odd idea. And you just dismissed it. But instead of dismissing it, Lord, is that you? And then take some action on that thing. Um, and since we've been living more like that, we're not going to lie, you know, try to make it seem like we've really uh, arrived in that. But as we've taken steps of faith and really believe that, yeah, he does answer. And I am going to go with that first thing. Um, we find that he it's just amazing. He follows through. He really is speaking to us. And that's like, oh, you know, because when I was a kid, I didn't really get that at all. I didn't understand it. So. Yeah. Powerful. And I think somebody said earlier, like just the, you know, the New Testament is what God intends for his people. Mm. 
Is that fair to say? Yeah. Mm. Like the book of Acts is for, it's for all of us and all those disciples and those, those people were, they were just people. They were doing stuff. They had jobs. They were doing this. And in some way they just, they're like, okay, God's, God's way is more important than all the other stuff. And they just took those, took that plunge. But I think it, it really is, should, should be the normal Christian life, but it's, it is something that we have to. We have to be willing to pursue, you know, at all, yep. at all costs. Thank you so much for sharing. I've uh, really enjoyed it, and I really appreciate our friendship. It's just been so refreshing to Likewise, be yeah. hanging out with you guys over the last couple of years, and hope you guys, whoever's watching, has uh, learned a thing or two as well, and you know, thought of maybe the the cans of worms you could open in your own lives. So open them cans. Yeah. Open them cans. Open those disgusting cans. Of Basically. Worms. <laughs> Yeah, and so you know, this we're kicking off this Zeal podcast and a few other things as well. And you can follow along on you know Instagram and Facebook and probably a few other places. And uh, subscribe where podcasts can be subscribed for on YouTube and stuff and iTunes. So feel free to do that. And you can send any questions to uh, ask at zealpodcast.org. If you had questions for John and Karina, and maybe we'll just have so many good questions. We'll just have to hang out again sometime. Woohoo! Cover some more questions. So nice. send them questions through. And uh, I would also just say one specific way to follow up on this that I think would be the coolest is to tell a friend about it, watch it with a, a friend, a couple of friends, and then just talk about it. Talk about how, you know, you can try some different things in life based on John and Karina's story. I don't know. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I found that that kind of, our conversation's impactful because then, you know, I'm just thinking, wow, I could try that or I'm going to read that book and see what happens. So thank you guys again. Really appreciate it and see y'all next time. Thank you for having us.